At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. We look at the world of investment from a UK perspective and join me, well, for the first time in a while, Investment Director of AJ Bell, Russ Mould. So, Russ, what are we going to discuss today? Well, we'll, we'll just, you know, given that we've been separated by holidays and, and, and other events for a while and washed out cricket tournaments and yes. goodness knows what else, um, I just thought I'd have a look at actually what's done well this year and what's not, because it, it's always a useful thing just to sort of sit and have a look and, and take stock, which is what I did when I came back. And I've had a look on both sides of of, of the Atlantic, and in the US, you know, we've all we, you know we've heard constant stories this year of the magnificent seven that have basically driven the vast bulk of US market cap and equity mm. performance. Uh, and it's true if you look at the leading stocks, you know, Nvidia and Meta are the top two, Tesla's number five, Amazon's number ten. Um, and so there's there's four of those names. For example, Google's in the top 25. Apple isn't, funny enough. But, the, the, but, but those big name tech stocks have largely done the heavy lifting this year. And, and there's other tech stocks in the top 25 include Salesforce.com, LAM Research, Adobe, Broadcom, Om Semiconductor. Um, so it, it still has been, to a degree, a, a dash for growth stocks in the US, although at the same time, number three and number four were names I would have never guessed. Royal Caribbean cruises and Carnival cruise. Now we all know that there's been a travel boom and there's been, whether you call it revenge travel or people mm. just wanting to get the heck out after three years of incarceration and, and cancellations is, is whatever you want to call it. But I, I didn't fancy those stocks, not because I didn't think people want to travel again or, or be, be happy to share space with people because people clearly are happy to do that again, but just because they've taken on so much debt to get their way through the pandemic. And I thought that would be a, a major problem for them, but uh, investors haven't taken that view. And I guess they're taking the view, if they get to be really profitable again, generate cash and pay down the debt, then less debt is less risk and less risk is a higher multiple and a higher multiple of earnings can mean a, a higher share price. But those are the stocks of which I'd have been inherently suspicious for, again, particularly was with oil prices having gone back up. Um, but in the UK, it's it's a slightly different story. Okay, you can argue that some of the leading names are travel related. Rolls-Royce is the best performing stock in the FTSE 100, up, up by over 100%. Um, Whitbread is in. Is that the this year so far? This yeah. year so far, Whitbread's in the top ten. International Consolidated Airlines is the, is in the top ten. Now you haven't really got much you can argue by way of techie or growth or excitement, but Ocado is in the top ten in the UK, and so is Sage, intriguingly. And then in the FTSE 250, the leaders are things like Aston Martin, Lagonda, um, Carnival Cruises, you know, which is dual listed. Mm. Mark, but then it's Marks and Spencer, Mitchells and Butlers, JD Weatherspoon, First Group. So, again, there's that kind of consumer-led, travel-led angle to it, which has been very, very strong. And I think if you'd said to people the time of and a real squeeze on consumers from inflation, that you wouldn't necessarily expect retail and consumer-facing stocks and travel-facing stocks to do very well. But lo and behold, they have. So I, I guess then it's come back to 
well, what's the message here? And I, and I guess with Rolls-Royce and to a degree Marks and Spencers and Aston Martin and, and, and Carnival, if you'd asked me, I'd have probably said, oh, I'll just put them in the too difficult pile. <laughs> because, right. you know, yeah. y- you've got balance sheet issues to address. You've got cash flow issues to address. M&S is the model just broken, which I never really felt to be the case, but it might take a long time for it to turn around. At a, and again, at a time when retailers, you could argue, would have logically been under pressure. So I think ultimately it comes back to Joseph Campbell's, the American writer's statement. The cave that you fear to enter is the one that holds the treasure you seek. <laughs> so you uh, know, if they're in the most difficult pile, then they're probably worth a lot further work than you were perhaps fancy doing. Simply because they performed well doesn't necessarily mean the companies are going to actually meet the... No, uh, but I, I think some of it is because they just performed so badly previously. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, when Rolls-Royce's new CEO came in, Tufan Ayin Biljic, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm. he described the company as a burning platform. So you, yes. you, you instantly think, right too difficult pile and the, the accounting's quite difficult there's a lots of adjustments in there so i've just thought oh, it just can't be chewed but again with the travel boom with more air miles you know they they, they, they rent out the engines they charge per minute there's a big or a per, you know per mile as a charge there's a, there's a service thing and it's been a, a massive release i think that's one thing that's been in their favor is that sentiment was against them expectations were low and lo and behold it hasn't taken much surprise on the upside which actually it's value investing encapsulated in some ways, isn't it? <laughs> Ross, let's just pause for a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Uh, this is Simon Rhodes. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm talking to Russ Mould of HFL. So you're talking about many of those stocks. You're saying you're, we're so depressed, there's only one way to go. But, uh, you know, one might call that the dead cat bounce. At the end, you're still left with the dead cat. The, 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 I mean, this is, this is the challenge with with value investment. I think in some, you know, that, that's on a sustainable basis. What you need to see is is debt reduction. And I think in Max and Spencer's case, you have. I think I saw one broker research saying they wouldn't be far off net cash in two or three years time given the, the cash that the company's generating which yeah. is a which is a phenomenal turnaround uh, and i think in mns's case there was all you know they are actually have their demographic is actually probably doing okay thank you very much they're probably white collar they might be getting the big chunk of that eight percent wage increase that we've been seeing they might actually own their own property or not have a very big mortgage so the interest rates are putting the hammer down they might have cash in the bank they might have premium bonds in which case their interest income is actually going up right now so that potentially is 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 in their favor and food business generally being solid the clothing business they've now got some execs in from philip green's fallen arcadia group or ex top shop who genuinely know what they're doing and they've been able to come up with lines that aren't seen as a bit fusty and a bit fuddy-duddy. And they've improved stock turn. That means improved margins because they're not discounting so heavily. Mm. So what M&S used to do, come up with a couple of key killer pieces a year, like a black cashmere cardi, they're, they're doing it again really well. So maybe that model isn't broken. And if you are looking at companies where people have dismissed it as a basket case, then it really doesn't take very much at all for for, for, for expectations to get better. And when it's expectations to get get better then then you get earnings growth and you get multiple expansion for that double mm. whammy so that's why those stocks have done well equally 
can travel stocks keep it going? You know, you've seen three years pent up demand. I mean, I think you, you would perhaps start to worry a little bit about those. But again, in Whitbread's case, it, it's potentially a category killer. A lot of its competitors are heavily indebted and are finding life hard work right now. So again, that they, they may have a bit of an edge there that people still don't fully appreciate. It's taking share and it's got the German leg to the story. So, so there are different company specifics there as well. But it's interesting for me, you've got this more sort of value style leadership in the UK Whereas in the US, it's still very much obsessed with with growth, but with a bit of sort of consumer on, on the side. And the US economy has, in fairness, rather like the UK one, completely confounded the forecasts of a recession that were kicking around a year ago. And, you know, equity markets were under the pump when we were talking at this time a year ago, and they didn't bottom until un, until the autumn. But those recessions have been, con that recession has been confounded. In the US, it's interesting. What's the budget deficit now running at this year? Eight, 10 percent of GDP? I mean, GDP nominal growth at the Atlanta Fed's now talking about 6% for this quarter. But most of that is clearly there for government spending. The private sector isn't doing much. And if you look at tax receipts in the US, they're down year on year. So a lot of the growth you're seeing in the US is fiscal pump priming, CHIPS Act, Inflation Reduction Act. How sustainable is that where the deficit is where it is? Balance not terribly. Are they going to turn off the taps before the election in November 24? not on your life. So in that respect, again, you could perhaps see the US economy continue to surprise on the upside for the next year or so. But at some stage, that pump priming is going to have to stop either because the bond vigilantes are going to revolt or the Republicans are going to get in or both. And I think that is still then a challenge that faces US equities going forwards. Ross, thank you very much indeed. That's Ross Mope, um, Investment Director at AJ Bell. Ross will be back chatting to me again in a couple of weeks' time. That's it for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.